Hello, my name is Antoinette Landejean, and today we are discussing the wines of Greece uh, with one of the most knowledgeable Greek importers in the, uh, well, perhaps in the nation, and we're very fortunate to call him a neighbor, uh, situated right in Northern Virginia with Dionysus Imports. Yanis, before I move forward, please introduce yourself in a few words, and let's get started right away. Well, thank you. Um, Yanis Tsapos is my name. Dionysos Imports is the name of the company. We started the business of importing Greek wines back in 1991 um, with a, a small line of, uh, of wines. And then we gradually went into bringing in more and more uh, wineries to the States. We have a tendency to work with small family wineries. Um, I believe they express the Greek wine uh, terroir, the Greek wines uh, in general, better than the bigger companies. Um, and so far we have been uh, quite successful in promoting small family wineries. And uh, I think we're gonna keep on doing it. <laughs> That's a that's a relief to hear because not only are your wines amazing and the stories of the wineries incredible, but your whole entire team over there at Dionysus is amazing. You have some of the most knowledgeable uh, wine representatives who, uh, introducing the world to your wines that you distribute. And it's not easy to wrap your head around the wines of Greece. There are a lot of indigenous uh, varieties that are used in addition to international varieties. And the region itself is not as well known as it could be by the consumer and often by the trade. So if you could tell us a little bit about um, the regions of Greece that you represent in your portfolio very briefly, and then perhaps we can get into the history of Greek wine, um, sort of where it was in the 60s versus where it is today. Well, um, regions. In, uh, in reality, they are about six or seven regions, although they are not distinct regions. We do follow the French uh, classification with PDOs and PGIs, um, but within Greece, this is sort of uh, not, not exactly separated. Huh? The main areas I can tell you are starting from the south are of course Crete and then all the Aegean islands which are separated by the Cyclades and Dodecanese. Cyclades is a number the, a, a number of islands including Santorini and then you have Peloponnese and the major part of uh, the major growing area in Peloponnese is Nemea and then you have central Greece um, there are a number of distinct characteristics in mainland Greece, but then on in the northern part, we sort of separate it to, to the east and the west. So if I if I am right counting, it's one, two, three, four, five, six major areas. Within those six areas, 
there are sub areas, what we call sub areas. Um, but that's way too numerous to, to start uh, talking about it right now. But they all seem to have a specific terroir due to specific microclimates. Greece is uh, a mountainous country. Uh, and uh, in the mainland, and of course, you have all the islands that were that are affected by uh, a GNC uh, and by Ionian Sea on the to the west. So all these mountains and valleys and and the pattern of the wings that usually comes from the north creates a microclimate where on the north side of a mountain, let's say, there are vineyards and, and, and uh, terroir that is completely different than the south side of the mountain because the mountain itself uh, serves as a barrier, a barrier, and that separates both the varieties, the terroir, the climate, everything changes. Huh? Um, what was the second part of the question? So uh, curious about the history of, of Greek winemaking without going back 5,000 years, uh, but you're welcome to, but also to give an idea of how Greek wine industry has developed from the 60s to today. Okay, well, let's, let's start from uh, the ancient times. Well, in in, in the ancient times, uh, the, the wine was uh, more of a, the normal everyday thing of the ancient Greeks' life. But then the history of Greece has to do with uh, the changes to the, the Byzantine Empire, where things changed completely. And then it was uh, the Ottoman Empire that um, sort of put a dump in all new efforts of creating grapes and wine and this and that and, and be part of the European change of winemaking. And after that, we had unfortunately two or three or four wars uh, you know, uh, in Greece that happened. So the history of Greek wine, even though it's way old, is really very young, about 80 to 90 years. Um, and that's from the 1960s on. And what happened then, the Greek winemakers were forced to create quality products in order to be, to have part of the market, of the European market, the American market, the Australian market, and so on. They were forced. They were forced to learn. They were forced to, to, to study. And what happened, the young people, the sons and daughters of the winemakers went to school and got a formal education. And then when they came back to Greece, they applied the formal education to their dads and their granddads' wives. So gradually you started seeing a quality increase to the point 
that right now, even though Greece is not, the wines of Greece are not very well known and a lot of people don't even think about getting a Greek wine. Once they do, they realize that this is a valued wine, okay? Quality price combination, great wines to drink, great wine, different wines to drink in different times of the year and an abundance, abundance of different um, varieties, including almost 300 um, varieties that exist only in Greece, along with combinations of varieties that are grafted between Greek and non-Greek uh, Western varieties. So we have an abundance of uh, of selections, might uh, you might say, and that creates a huge problem. Also, it's not that it's not always advantageous. It's sometimes it has a disadvantage because if you really think about it, the life of the winemaker um, can be anywhere from forty to sixty to seventy years. That means forty to sixty to seventy tries. Okay, that's one try a year huh? to to try to create something that is unique to work with something that uh, exists uh, in the terroir of Greece as a Greek grape, or try to work with Western varieties and Greek. So it's kind of very very difficult for the Greek winemaker. Um, to, to keep on producing, but they do keep on producing. They come up with different varieties. They come up with different wines and always the quality in mind because Greece cannot compete in the European and the United States, Canada market, the Western world, if they don't have quality because the quantity is extremely small. I heard that the quality, the quantity of all the grapes and all the wines produced in Greece is a, a fraction of what is produced in France. Okay? So that's the big difference. It's interesting you're touching on the 300 plus varieties that may be used. And a lot of these indigenous varieties are already adapted to climate change. And they are, uh, thanks to the heat and the, the breezes that come through um, the majority of the Greek regions, you have a tendency for the farmers to farm sustainability, sustainably, if not organically. And in addition, even though they're permitted to use ir irrigation, uh, very often because the grapes are so uh, sort of adapted, as I mentioned, to uh, uh, drought, there's no need to irrigate. So you, there are pros and cons, but on the on the con side, you're, you're using a variety that perhaps the consumer is not aware of uh, and not familiar with. And uh, it's incredible to to 
conceive how many different bottlings there are out there. If I were to look at your portfolio today and to show everyone how many different wines there are from Greece that only you bring in, uh, which is certainly a, a fraction of what is produced nationwide, it's quite mind-blowing, uh, which brings me to my question, how do you choose uh, the wineries you work with and the wines that you bring in for the market? Well, that's a that's a good question. I'm glad you asked me that because um, I I got to tell you something that a lot of people don't know. Um, by schooling, I'm a I'm a software computer software engineer. I got into the business of wine simply because I like the wine and simply because a friend of mine got me in the business. So because I never went to school to learn. Um, the wine making, the wines. Uh, I, I have a tendency to look at things in a sort of a different perspective, other than what sommeliers and, uh, and uh, people in the industry in the industry uh, see things. So when I decided to get into the importation of Greek wines, I and my team uh, started traveling from winery to winery, looking at products that could be of interest to the American palate. But at the same time, all the time, we looked at the, uh, at the wine from the common sense point of view, meaning, okay, we don't want to be an expert. We don't want to be shown to uh, to the market that we are experts, but we have to act as experts. So we put our common sense and see, does this wine make sense to bring to the States? Does it have a value? Would I, as a consumer, buy this product and keep on buying it? Um would there be enough wine to bring in the United States? Are we doing something right or are we doing it just for the for the marketing and the sales point of view? Do we bring something new to the United States? Because after all, why should I bring 10 more Sardones from Greece if there are thousands in the United States? And if they are, if I am to bring some Sardonex, example, I better bring something that is unique, that it has a style of its own, that has a good price point, something that I can pick. The same with Cabernet, the same with Sauvignon Blanc. So our idea when we travel to Greece and try to choose wines is find something of value, and find something that is a little different than anybody else and something that we can be proud of. So I, I believe that all of our Greek wines, once we put it in front of a customer that has absolutely no idea what they're drinking, I tell them, taste the wine first. And if you like it, I'll tell you all about where it comes from I'll tell you all about the, 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 the production. I'll tell you all about the country. But taste it to see if you like it first. 
because people, the majority of the wine consumers, they know and they they, they uh, expect to taste some Sauvignon Blanc, some Chardonnay, some Cabernet, some whatever. Different tastes are hard to be understood and hard to get to known and, and liked. But once they have um, a taste of it, then they will be open to suggestions. The unfortunate thing about the Greek wine industry is that we have no marketing behind us. Um, the country does not uh, help with marketing. The marketing is very little. And basically all the marketing we importers do is go out there and um, taste the wines to people and make them understand what it is and see if... Um, if people are open to the Greek wines, simple as that. Well, it's natural for consumers to taste something they a variety they've never had before, and try to draw parallels. And as with trade, very often we might taste a Chardonnay from South Africa that's very well made, as an example, and draw a parallel to Burgundy. The main uh, parallel I find with Greek wines is that the parallel is minerality, balanced acidity, and terroir. Yes. And so in every Greek wine, there is a very clear identity of where it comes from and that the characteristics of the fruit, the flavor, sure, but this is really what you're looking for when you're drinking and tasting Greek wine. And it's like meeting a new person every time you open a bottle that you're not familiar with. And we're very, very happy with every bottle that we've had uh, from Dionysus and all of the Greek wines that you carry. Yes, uh, yes. Well, thank you for bringing them in. Um, the last thing I'd like to sort of bring into light are the the size of the typical sizes of the vineyards um, and the um, as, as mentioned, the production levels are quite small uh, in Greece. And so the land holding shares are also quite small, if I'm not uh, incorrect here. So could you explain uh, to us how that works? Do the smaller um, grape growers tend to sell to larger producers? Do they sell to cooperatives? Are cooperatives common in Greece? Are they beneficial? also to the region? Or do you find that um, the producers are very happy to simply make small production wines and, and move through on their own? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously there is, a, I, I can tell you there are about 20 to 30% of, of growers that are, are forced to sell their grapes to either cooperatives or bigger companies. That's because they don't have the financial means to start uh, putting together a winery with all the expenses, of course, and try to bottle it and try to market it. Now, the ones they have, the ones they went that way, meaning create their own winery and uh, pursue their dreams as winemakers, um, they 
always start from a base and their base can be small parcels of land that they have purchased, acquired, or small parcels of land that they um, uh, rent from the suppliers, but they do their own work. It's very common in Greece for a small producer, small winery, to rent parcels of land, but they have the absolute right to do whatever they want with those vines um, and treat them whatever way they want. So basically, the land owner is just the land owner. Everything else is has to do with the winery. Um, the land is expensive. And especially when you're talking about uh, places like uh, Santorini, for example, and just give you an example, the land is so expensive that it's very hard to put money together to buy the land that has the vibe. So it's better if you rent it, okay? And that's what they do. Um, just about every small winery I work with they have about 20 to 30 percent their own grapes or call them if you like to call them estate huh? and then they purchase or they rent uh the land from other producers therefore in order to have enough grape to come up with uh, enough bottles of wine but then then you start then you start looking at the actual, um, how you call it, um, uh, the, the, the reality sets, settles in. Um, and I'm going to bring an example of my friend uh, for 20 years, Mr. Gavala from Santorini, because I know his entire story because we started together. He is producing 100,000 cases. He cannot produce anymore because he's at the level where his team, his son, his daughter, his nephews, or even people that work in the winery, they are absolutely overworked with the production of 100,000 cases. If he is to buy more land or rent more or purchase more grapes, um, he needs to go to a different level. Uh, that different level creates a lot more financial needs. So we talked about it, even though we ran out of his wine every year, and not only me, distributors in, uh, in Europe, distributors in uh, um, New Zealand and uh, Australia, we ran out. He's telling me, I don't want to go over it because if I go over it, I'm going to need twice the financial needs that I have now, twice the men labor. Everything is just twice. And I would rather stay as small as I am now, doing the best I can with 100,000 cases. It's just one example. Huh? Everybody else is thinking the same way. 
because we don't have big wineries in Greece like we have in France or in uh, Australia or in uh, California. We don't. Small family productions that go up to a level. Therefore, he's telling me, I cannot play around with quality because quality is what sells my 100,000 cases. And that's exactly what everybody else is doing. And that's why the Greek wines have gone up in the world in terms of quality. And now you find a lot of them. Um, critics write about them, newspapers, uh, magazines, uh, and, 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 and consumers like them. No? Yeah. Well, this is a perfect opportunity for us to thank you for your time today. Um, you have painted a picture of Greece that is very special, and I wish everyone to hear you and watch this recording so everyone can walk away understanding a little bit more about Greek wines, um, the philosophy of winemaking, the history, the struggles, and most of all, the triumphs. Uh, and there is a triumph in every bottle uh, that we again, that we carry from you. Um, so we're very grateful. Before we say goodbye, is there anything you would like to share with us? Well, I first of all, I'd like to thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to do this. And um, I'm, I'm very glad you're standing behind Greek wines. And um, all I can say is that we'll keep on trying. We, we go to Greece every year. We keep on trying to find new products to bring in. Although the quantity is not that much, but at least we can bring it in and have the people uh, taste the new products. Every year there is new products. Um, there's a lot of risk for us when we bring in new products, but uh, we do it for the love of uh, wine and for the love of having customers being satisfied. Okay. Thank you again, Yanni. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Thank you.